Awesome. Okay, open your Bible. Acts chapter 13. Open the Bible. Acts chapter 13. I want to share a message called Sent by the Holy Ghost. And uh, verse 1. Now in the church, in the church, not outside, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called the black fella. And Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and they sent them away. And so being sent out by the Holy Ghost, they went. Being sent, they went. And uh, so we want to, I want to share just about being sent by the Holy Ghost. And we're going to start off, we're going to... Uh, look, when we, before we get into here, and uh, I want to share with you some things. I want to, as I was preparing for today, I felt the Lord just draw my mind back to start to think about some things God has been saying. Now, you hear the word God speaks to the church? Well, you all have all kinds of things about it, but God does speak to the church if you're open to the Holy Ghost. Now, the trouble is we don't always quite hear what He has to say. It's like, la, 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 yeah, God spoke. And uh, I don't know what all that meant, but there, la, 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 oh, it's great, God spoke. You know, but, but actually, when God speaks, He he moves systematically and continually to get something he's wanting to happen to happen. It's just it takes us time to get on board sometimes. And so I want to just give you just a brief overview of some prophetic things that God has spoken to the church. Some of you were here for them all, so you'll remember them. But when you put them together, and then I share from the Scripture, you'll see a whole lot of things a little more clearly. So we start off, uh, I, want to, I, I start to look back in, in 2006, that's three years ago when we were 60, uh, we, had a, we had a guy here by the name of Mike Whitenberg. How can you remember, anyone remember him? Yeah, you remember Mike? Okay then. Well, Mike came and uh, Mike uh, uh, has got tremendous insight to churches, the ch apostolic reformation, churches becoming apostolic. This is what he said. He said his message was how Bay City needs to align and excel as a governmental church. So what he was saying is that God is shifting this church to become apostolic, but the result is there has to be alignment so we can really do this well. Alignment means if you're not flowing with what God is trying to do, then yield and come into alignment with what God's trying to do so you can be a part of the new thing He's doing. And uh, so we heard that message, and He spoke particularly about the need to change to being apostolic in design. In other words, there being a distinct, uh, clear DNA, not borrowed from anywhere else, that's unique to us as a church. And uh, He spoke out of that scripture of the man with the withered hand, and how Jesus came in to the church of his day where there was a man with a withered hand. In the Bible, the hand often speaks of the fivefold ministry gifts. And for the hand to be withered, there was something, probably a brain aneurysm had taken place. And so Jesus had to heal the mind before he healed the hand. He had to change the thinking before the hand healed. So God, and the message he brought was that God is wanting to release the apostolic and the fivefold ministry giftings in the church but there has to be a change in the way of thinking so that things that people are addicted to having, look after me, look after me, blah, 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 that that kind of thing, we shift out of that and start to grow up as believers. Uh, the second one that came was uh, somewhere in uh, 2007, Charlie Robinson. How can you remember Prophet Charlie Robinson? So Prophet Charlie Robinson. I enjoyed him. He was a funny fella. Uh, but there were two messages that come to mind as I was praying that I remembered. One was the Sunday morning where he said something like this. He spoke about words. Your tongue can destroy your destiny. And it was a very powerful message from God 
change and stop the negative talk, begin to speak and agree and manifest and speak what God says. So it doesn't mean we, we're unreal or anything. It just means you actually have to learn to speak the language of faith, not the language of fear and unbelief, the language of the flesh. Language of faith is a language of God is on this, speaking the word of God. And he said, if you don't change out of the negative speak, it, it, it erodes or edges your destiny out. You've got to learn to speak what God's speaking. Second message he brought related to that was a message about uh, identity, about the need for us to discover our identity and to emerge into our own unique identity. So we heard those, and yeah, yeah, it was wonderful. Praise the Lord, pray for me, and the way we went. And uh, then in 2008, then we had another prophet come into the church. Remember, we had three years, three prophets, and uh, so he came into the church. And remember Jeff Jansen, he spoke, this, he spoke a number of messages, but the one thing he said that really impacted me was, he said, what, it, what got you this far will not get you to where you need to go. And he had a picture of a ladder. Top of, we we're at the top of the ladder. Couldn't go any higher because no more ladder. He said, you need another ladder. Another ladder means another structure, another, another paradigm shift, a change in the way of thinking and operating, a change in operating system in order to be able to go higher. He said, if you just keep doing what you're doing, you won't go into what God has for you. And so whatever took you this far won't take you any further. And I thought, well, that's, that really struck me. I didn't know all it meant. I'm getting the hang on now. It means in, in many, many areas of our lives, what got us to where we are is not adequate to take us further. It has to be a change in thinking, in ways we operate and live and, and, and do business and so on. And then at the beginning of, then what they did at that was they actually felt uh, uh, Ian um, and, uh, and Jeff came and they laid hands on me for impartation of apostolic anointing. It's interesting. I didn't feel a lot. I fell over and felt God touch me, felt God say some things. Not great revelation, but it's more in the last, uh, probably this year, that I've started to feel the surge of that anointing and what that means. And, uh, and I've observed that in this last year, since then, I've been a part or connected to the opening and pioneering of two churches. One will take place shortly and the other one will take place uh, a little bit further out there. So even without trying to make anything happen, there is a flow taking place that's led to church planting. Just, just like that. And uh, then, then the next thing that happened, the beginning of the year, then uh, the Lord gave me a word for the church. You, some of you may remember it. Uh, it was a word, you know, gone around that mountain long enough. God spoke with a word to advance. This was a year to advance, meaning move forward. And I shared with you that there was an emphasis of three things, supernatural souls and sending. But I kind of felt like mostly this year we'll focus on supernatural. Next year on the soul winning uh, and, and the sending, sending many developing people, developing leaders so you can send people into the community to do things. I, had my, I didn't really all know what it meant, just knew that what, what God was on. So through the year, we're focused on the supernatural. We've had a couple of prophetic uh, events. We've had uh, uh, flows of gifts of the Spirit and activating gifts and spiritual. I've done three seminars or something. So we've had a range of things to activate the spiritual atmosphere. And uh, then uh, the next thing that uh, we had was at Easter time, we had Randy Domain come, and uh, he talked about building a culture that would support the apostolic. Culture is the way you, way you, the values you have and how you behave, that you actually have to build a culture to support what you're wanting to build. And uh, so I didn't understand it all, but it starts to come to, to place right now. Then in, just a little while ago, I, I felt the Lord speak about the hardest part of advancing is to get the tent peg out of the ground. If you think about it, if you're a camper and you're a tent, and you bang the tent into the ground, sometimes the hardest part is to get the tent out. And this is what he said. He said, the hardest part of advance is to let go what you're attached to. 
Wouldn't that be true? What you fed off, what's nurtured you, what you love, what you've been used to, what you like, your favorite seat. You know, that kind of stuff, you know. I can't move to another seat, that's my seat. You know, that kind of attachment, you know. And uh, that sort of thing. But lots of attachments, we have emotional attachments. We can have attachments to certain ways of thinking. And then the second thing he said about that was, this, so the first thing is hard to let, you've got to let go what you're attached to. The second thing he says, you've got, to, you've got to break free of what's got hold of you. So, so advancing means letting go things you're attached to that stop you going forward, and the other is breaking out of what's held you back. And then, so then I felt we needed to uh, get into a season of fasting and prayer. And, and so, Joy and I have just completed about 40 days of fasting, and in that season, God's really opened up so many, many things. So in the, you notice in the last four or five weeks, I've been ministering around understanding the spiritual atmosphere and dealing with witchcraft spirit of showing how it affects you, how it isolates you, how it separates us, confuses us, causes us to be isolated. And so we've been in a place of warfare. How many know that's all very real stuff? Okay, now as we've all pushed together, as we've prayed together, it has started to change. And as it changes, you start to get release of new information from the Lord, new direction, new things come. You have to deal with the spiritual atmosphere. My eyes have been open to that majorly not just here, but how it impacts our nation. And uh, so uh, Jason, um, Jason came, and uh, then we set in Ian and Lynn as prophets in the house. You're going to see how all this works together in a moment. And I just felt God say, just do it. Don't try and figure it all out. Just do what I want you to do. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's how God operates. We operate out of the, the thing. If you show me and then I agree with it, oh, I think I might do it. I'll pray about it. But God doesn't work that way. He just says, do it. And you say, yes, sir. And so I said, we'll do it. And so we set them in as prophets. We haven't got it all worked out what that law means. We'll work that out on the way. Just needed to do it. And so we did that. And uh, he spoke then about the need for the church to flow together in love and to quickly deal with issues, offenses, things that are in the heart. Now, this is God talking to the church. This is a living God talking to specific people over three years. And uh, so... Uh, those were the kinds of things that came out. And then what I felt the Lord drop into my heart at a, uh, is for the coming year that I need to begin to uh, address the strengthening. The thing for the coming year will be, it's a bit early, I know, but there it is. That's, I've got it now and I need to do it now. So, but strengthening and enlarging the foundation. So you're going to build a building bigger. You have to actually address what's in the foundations of it. Foundations are, are the issues of our personal life, our heart attitudes, they're our values, they're how we flow together, they're about the vision, they're about the processes we have in the church, they're about how we work and do life together. So God's speaking about all of that stuff being addressed and shifting and changing in the coming year, and he'll, uh, he'll outline that. So you notice then, over three years, God has been talking to us about being apostolic, and it started by describing it, saying some of the changes, speaking to things that would hinder us, starting to then set in place the apostolic, starting to set in place the prophets, and then the, the journey's gone on. We've had to get into a season of warfare. Now, I can't remember as much witchcraft pressure around life and ministry uh, for at least a decade, at least a decade. It just is a season we're in now. You've got to be alert, got to be awake, got to be spiritually vitalized, get into prayer, corporate prayer, get in any prayer meeting, get praying, build your prayer life. In a season like that, this is no time to be wimpy and lying down. It's a time to gather, connect with other people. 
And the thing that the Lord showed me, which I shared last week, is the strategy of witchcraft is to isolate you. The moment you feel isolated, you decide to do what Jesus do, engage people in your life, do not disconnect. We shared all that last week. Now, what I want to do now is I want to, having got that as the background of three years of God speaking to us as a church and now directing us where to go next year, I want to begin to talk with you from the scriptures about how the apostolic church at Antioch developed. So we're looking at our journey first. Now I want to go into the Bible, into the Word of God, and I want to show you how a church was formed which became apostolic. And the only real good model we have for an apostolic church is the church at Antioch. The church first began in Jerusalem, but Jerusalem began with a great move of God. But Jerusalem had major mindsets and limitations, and they just kept growing bigger where they were. They did not catch the vision for the world. They just wanted to build big locally. And uh, so, uh, as God has his way, God always... How many know God has his way? You think God can get his way? Well, sometimes if we won't cooperate, he just brings a little heat on us. Would that be right? How many know about a little bit of heat? Okay, well, I want to show you some big heat. Here it is. Now, it says, verse 19 of uh, chapter 11, Now, those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and there it is, Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. So notice here's the first point. Spiritual pressure caused the gospel to advance. Nothing like a bit of persecution to get the gospel going. You get in a, in a country which is fairly, you know, laid back, no problems, everyone falls asleep. You get in a place where you're persecuted, you get fiery for your faith. And uh, so you notice that people were scattered and they, you know what they did? They were huddled in Jerusalem, never wanted to leave. But Jesus said, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, utmost parts of the earth. Oh no, we like it here, we don't want to go out. No, 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 no. We have a great meetings, God's here, there's revival, there's gold dust, jewels, open heavens. This is great. This is Jerusalem. Why would we go anywhere else? So there's a persecution arose, and to their astonishment, Stephen was killed and the church got persecuted. What they did was they went out, and they went out and preached the gospel. What did God tell them to do? Preach the gospel. How did he get them to do it? Fill them with the Holy Ghost. Did they do it? No. Persecution and pressure, and then they do it. That ha often happens. And so out they go to preach the gospel. Notice they are very limited. They have limiting mindsets. They are stuck in their culture. Stuck in the Jew culture, they preached only the Jews. What did Jesus say? Preach the whole world. Now, however, God has always got some who love to break out of the status quo. God has always got some who break out of ordinary. Who, when others say you can't, they say, why not? Yep. Hey? And so some guys did that. Now, I like these guys. These are real apostolic. They didn't worry about the titles. Notice what it says here. But some, verse 20, were men from Cyprus and Cyrene who, when they came to Antioch, spoke to the Greeks and preached the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Now notice, number one, spiritual pressure caused the gospel to advance. But it, you notice now that they have to break out of cultural mindsets. They have to break out of, was well, just us. You have to break out of thinking God is after the cultures of the world. And so it took a few people, and they weren't even Jews. They got gospel, are filled with the Holy Ghost, said, let's go out and make something happen. I love people like that. God loves people like that. You know what it says? And God calls them. Lots of people got saved through their ministry. Now, so what happens after something's going on in Antioch? Well, the disciples, the apostles heard about it in verse 22. The news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And what did they do? They heard what? They heard God 
is getting unsaved people saved among the Gentiles, among, the, this, among the, this person and that group and that group and that group. All the non-Jews are getting, there's people getting saved. So what did they do? They sent Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. And when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them with all with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord, for he was a good man, huh? good man, full of the Holy Ghost. You know what a good man looks like? Encourages people that with all purpose of heart they'd cleave to the Lord. Good man's full of faith in the Holy Ghost. And look at this. And the church grew more. A great many people were added to the Lord. So here's the second thing. Second thing is the church grew as a result of Barnabas' ministry. I want to describe what his ministry was like. The church grew when they got some leadership who was flowing in anointing. And so God had already done it. A few people came out, they're sharing, they're gathered up, got a lot of people saved. Now they're trying to, God's wanting to establish something. So the beginning of the church of Antioch was just a few believers going out and having a go. Now, as God is doing something, now Barnabas has come there. Now, Barnabas is an interesting guy. Barnabas is found in Acts chapter 4, 35 to 36. And it's interesting what happens. The Bible says his name was Joseph, meaning Joseph, or God has added. So his real name is Joseph not Barnabas. So why do they call him Barnabas? Because you only know him as Barnabas. Barnabas means Barnabas, son of prophet. And so you find that Barnabas was this. What he did was, number one, he was a generous giver. He had money and he gave. He sold a piece of land and gave the money to the apostles, laid at the apostles' feet. That's what it says in Acts 4. He had land and he sold it to meet the needs of people. So he had a heart that was generous. Generosity is always a key to unlocking you into the ministry of God. If you're not a generous person, hey, how can you be any great at ministering or doing anything? Like God is generous. So he sold his land. He gave the money to the apostles. So he connected with apostles and apostolic ministry. How did he connect with them? He released finance into it. And, what, and they spoke and they said, we speak into your life. We speak into you and call you now Barnabas, meaning you will flow with encouragement. You will flow in the prophetic. You'll flow in a life flow to build people. So he moved from just being a giver, probably a reasonably substantial businessman. He moved from there to starting to flow in what you'd call pastoral giftings, a pastoral anointing. He was an encourager. He moved with a bit of prophetic flow and great grace. Now let's have a look here. You'll see him operating here in these verses here in verse... Uh, they sent Barnabas out, verse 23. When he saw the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them with all people's heart they'd continue in the Lord. For he's a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and faith. So he flowed in a pastoral anointing. And you notice what happened. He was sent out to do that. Apostola, he was sent. So he was sent from Jerusalem, go out, go to the church, begin to minister in there. And he was able to minister with what he had. What did he have? He had a pastoral gift, an encouraging gift. He had a flow of prophetic gift around his life. And he encouraged them. Told people, let's get into God. So they had great meetings. He stirred people up to engage God. He encouraged people to be godly people. He encouraged them to cling to the Lord. He prophesied over people. He moved in an encouraging ministry. And then he realized the church grew till it got to a certain point. It needed something else. Say it, something else. It was going good, but it needed something else. What else did it need? It needed something more than a pastoral anointing. It needed an apostolic anointing. So what does he do? Notice what it says here. There's the next step he took. He pursued the apostolic anointing. In verse, uh, verse 25, 
Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that the whole year they assembled in the church, or with the church, and taught many people. And the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. So you notice number three, he pursued apostolic anointing. That word pursue means to make a diligent search for something that's really hard to find. In other words, it meant he went out and he had a lot of trouble finding Paul. He had a lot of trouble locating him. He searched diligently. Why? Because he understood and valued apostolic anointing and what it could easily do. Now, we don't tend to understand that. We had an interesting situation recently. Uh, there was a Korean church in, in Auckland, and uh, they decided to go on a 70 days prayer fasting and a meeting every night. It's pretty good, isn't it, eh? Koreans can do that, I suppose. It's a bit of a challenge for us, isn't it? We have two in a day and we're done. But they had 70 nights of meetings, and they got to about the last two weeks of it, and God had been moving. They were having powerful visitations of the Holy Spirit. This is in Auckland. And what happened was, they then said, we want to open out so others can come and be part of this. Can we find some Holy Ghost ministers, people who understand how to move with the Spirit of God? Can we find some to come with us? So they looked, and 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 they looked. And right across New Zealand, they could find five. It is hard to find people who know how to work with the Holy Spirit. It's hard to find, not so much in this church, but hard to find across the nation. People who know how to live, flow, move in the Spirit, and how to work with the Holy Spirit to shift atmospheres, to change things, bring God to move. Found five. I was one of them. Unfortunately, I couldn't come. I was busy here. I had to say no. I was a bit upset because God was doing something. There was a bit of a heart tear, but I just felt I was needed here. But that's the apostolic anointing is very hard to find. Very hard to find. But when it comes, it shifts things. And so like, for example, with Stanley, I just had one visit with him and his church doubled just like that. I laid hands on a group of people in Taiwan and a church got birthed out of that, which now sprung up, gone to 600. And so we've got other things happening over this. It's the app, because they've received me in that role, the anointing's starting to flow. The, the anointing that was imparted to me a year ago is just starting to flow now. And I'm having to change my thinking to keep up with the, the way God wants the change to take place. The prophets now, they'll have to change. For Lynn, she'll have to change step and engage at a different level, a different minute. It's, it's a hard to let things go, Lily. Peg out, change, shift. It's like that. That's what it means. It means change as we move and grow in our anointing. It's very, very good. It's a little uncertain because you don't find too many people you can talk to that even understand it. They just want you to do things as usual. So he got the episode. Now notice what, uh, notice what happened now. The result of the apostolic anointing was something like this. Notice this. It said... Uh, it said, uh, where I can find it here, found him, and they said, and they assembled, they taught for a year, many people, and the disciples were first called Christian Antioch. The next thing that happened is there's an activating of, the, of ordinary believers into the supernatural. Here's what apostles do. They actually bring people into alignment with God's plan and purpose to advance the gospel, advance the kingdom into the world. So everyone gets a job. Everyone gets activated Get in the Holy Ghost, because you can't advance the gospel without the power of God. Too much demonic activity there. Passivity is not part of the apostolic call. And so you notice what he did. He Notice it says, now the, the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So what, what name stands out there? The name? Christian. Is that right? Now, who are the people first called Christians? Ha-ha. Uh -huh. 
the disciples. Now, so that means our disciple is this kind of person. A disciple is a person who's positioned themselves to learn and has opened their life for someone to mentor, train them, teach them. A disciple is a person who's decided to align their life with a mentor, align their life with a spiritual leader, align their life for teaching and life change that they may grow, become like that person. So Jesus has mandated us to make disciples. Now, a person who turns up church once in a while and just does what they want, has God as an add-on, that is not a disciple. Backslidden believer. It's the disciples. Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow me, be my disciple, come follow me, let's take up your cross. So a person who's a disciple, they actually understand the way of the cross. It's actually about Jesus and his life, his kingdom, his purpose, working in me. And as a result of it, my life and my destiny become clear, and I begin to start to embrace and discover what God called me to do. But it's always got the cross at the center of it. So who was called the Christians? The disciples. Not the half-hearted ones, the disciples. Those who were passionately on fire, following the Lord, and getting themselves aligned with apostolic ministry to grow and change. And what do they call them? They call them Christians. What does that mean to them? A different thing to what it means to us. We hear the word Christian, it means all kinds of things. You know, all kinds of things. But it didn't mean that in the New Testament. So if you look at the Bible, Christian meant a Christ one, an anointed one, someone who manifests the life and power of Jesus Christ. Not just a nice person. A person who's in the flow of the Spirit. What was he teaching them? He was laying foundations, how to live the supernatural life, become like Christ, and reveal Christ to others. That's what apostolic ministry did. It means change, grow up. So who do they call Christians? Not sweet, nice people. People who carried the anointing of the Holy Ghost. When they lay hands on people, something happened. What we've been doing this year, we've been starting to implement training in different parts of the church. What kind of training? How to live and move and flow in the Holy Ghost. How to deliver people. How to heal people. How to minister to people. How to flow with God. We'll do some more next year. It's going on in several parts of the church. But that's part of God moving the church apostolically, because that's what, that's what he did. Okay, we've seen what he's done now. Let's have a look what happens. Of course, then they all get busy, and God starts to move. Next thing is, prophets are added to the church. Verse 27, prophets are raised up. So you have the sequence. First, there's a few people. Then there's a pastoral ministry, an encouragement ministry. People begin to grow. They bring an apostolic ministry in, begin to stretch the church, extend the church, deepen the church, grow the church. Then they bring prophets in. Now, an apostolic church is about to take off. And it's the church at Antioch. So there's a bit of a diversion in verse 13, chapter 13. Now, in that church in Antioch, now it's talking about the church. This is the first apostolic church to appear. And it's really the model. And so you have a look, it says there were prophets and teachers. So there were fivefold ministry giftings. They also had Saul there as an apostle. Had Barnabas, Simeon, who was called the black man. He was a North African. Barnabas, the son of encouragement. He was a prophetic flow, pastoral guy, uh, encourager people. Lucius, his name means the light bearer from Cyrene. He was also a black man. And Manaean, who would be brought up in the house of Ter with Herod the Tetrarch. As a, uh, as a foster brother. So, so you've got these different ones. You've got Barnabas, who's a Levite Jew. You've got this uh, uh, Simeon, who's, a, who's a, guy, a North African black man. And you've got uh, the other guy, Lucius, who's also a North African black man. And you've got then uh, this guy who's 
part of Herod's family and being in. So what that means is Herod was the tetra. He was, he was over the whole deal. He was over the whole of the region appointed by the Romans. So that was where power was. That was the ruling household. That's where there was wealth, education, political influence. And this guy now is the leading guy in the church. They have got a multicultural apostolic team starting to form. And now what's the first thing that happens? Is they begin then, you notice this verse 2, they ministered to the Holy Ghost. They ministered to the Lord, sorry. So the next thing you find about an apostolic church is there's the formation of an multicultural eldership team. Then there's the development of a strong spiritual atmosphere. Notice what they do, prayer, fasting. What have we been doing recently? Prayer, fasting. Why? Prayer and fasting, it's fervent prayer, strong assertion of prayer, shift spiritual atmospheres, alters what's around, people rise up, and then God can move. Passivity is no place in an apostolic church. Passivity means the person and their soul is in bondage, Demon powers have shut down the man or woman of God from being who they're called to be. So passivity is the opposite of being walking in the Spirit. We have to, I found everywhere I go, this thing in our nation shuts people down and becomes passive and half-hearted. You have to break out of it. Break out of that stuff. It's demonic. It's holding you down. So a church that's apostolic will have strong music, strong worship, singing in the Spirit, Strong prophetic accompaniments of that. It'll have strong preaching. It'll stir people to change. Why? Because it's concerned about a spiritual atmosphere within which God can do things in people's lives. God can change you. God can speak to you. God can do things. So what's God been doing in the church the last three months? He's been stirring us to break out of being shut down spiritually, Break out of passivity, break out of the flesh, break out of compromise, break into new dimensions of the Spirit. Why? Because He wants to speak about things and initiate things. Otherwise, folks, it's just all hard work. You, know, you can't do it without God. See? You can't become a good person without Jesus' death on the cross. No? You can't make the gospel advance without the Holy Ghost. It's just we try. But you've got to depend on the Holy Ghost. So they built a strong spiritual atmosphere. Week after week, when people come in, we have to push passivity back. That's what's going on. It's shifting it so you can feel the flow of the river. And you start to feel you come and just enjoy. It's great to be in the second service because you get the benefit of the first service. You get the overflow. You know, they all did the hard yards. Now you come in and, oh, this lovely Jesus, you're here. Well, it's wonderful, isn't it? So strong. Now, here's the thing. Then, the next thing that's part of an apostolic church, you have to realize this, because this is coming in a bigger scale. I gave heads up on it at the beginning of the year. The word apostolic means to be sent. God wants every part, every member of base to be sent. You don't have to get sent to a mission field, but you've got to understand, wherever you are in the community, God is sending you there. And we're going to be looking at this aspect of being sent next year. To be sent, you first got to be called, then prepared, then sent. And someone sends you. Someone sends you. Otherwise, you just went out and had a go. Good on you. Doesn't always go too well. Better if you're sent. You've got someone backing you up and standing with you. Much better. And, uh, but so, so what happens now? Notice it says here, and they felt the Holy Ghost said. Now, the Holy Ghost said. Well, then, how did the Holy Ghost say? Through the prophets. That's an unusual thing. The Holy Ghost said. This is what he said. Now, that word said means to command. 
So the question in churches today is this. Is the Holy Ghost in charge or not? And can he command or not? Or do we have a committee and we voted God out? Then think about it. These are very real issues across our nation right now. Very real issues in the church. See, so the Holy Ghost. You know what the Holy Ghost said? This is what did he say? Well, he must have spoken through a prophet. Now. Notice, not tomorrow. Now. I like that with God. Now. Did you see that? Now. You know, don't put it off. And we hear God speak. Oh, that was nice. Three years ago, speak about the episode. Oh, that's lovely. What have I got tomorrow? What am I meeting for lunch? We can enjoy meetings, but when God says, now. Well, we're never too sure, but you should start now. We could help to start now. And so what he do? He says, now. Separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work I've called them to. The word separate literally means to boundary off or to set out and assign them a particular mission. So, and notice it says, separate for me. Oh. You mean they belong to you and you want them back to do something different? I didn't think it worked like that. The work I called them to. Oh, well, we had a plan. We had it all worked out. We're going to go this, and we're going to do this, and do this. Now, to me, for my plan. That's how God speaks. Isn't that nice to know that God speaks that way? Except when he speaks that way, the problem is, can we do it? But that's how God speaks. He has a plan for every believer, a plan for you. And when he speaks, it's for you what he wants you to do. And it's now. Now, you'll see something. I'll show you something in here just as well. Notice it for the work that I've called them to. So he, said, so he said, I've called them to do something. So notice this. That there's a call of God, then there's a preparation, then there's a sending. So what happens is people get called and they feel a call of God. They forget actually have to be prepared. You never have to worry about the sending. God will send you when he knows you're ready. Some people are never sent because they're never ready. So they get bored and they went then they don't go anywhere because they haven't been ready. They were never ready and they, can't, they don't have what it takes to do the job. And they go off the rails. They just got frustrated. But actually the path was this. Be planted in the house of the Lord. Grow and learn and be discipled and be shaped and let people speak into your life and grow up. Then you can be sent. Now let me ask you this. Was it the church's idea that they have a committee and have a strategic plan? Here's our strategic plan. Did they do that? They did not. Their plan was, let's get into God. See what God has to say. God says, now, do this. But, 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 but we have, wait, 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 wait a minute. We're not ready. We've got another plan. Now, separate for me for the work I call them to do. That's God speaking. Now, that's the kind of attitude you need to have towards the Holy Ghost. Whatever he says, you do. They were never sent out to not return. They actually went out and returned. They came back and went out, came back, went out, came back and went out. So that's how it works. Now that's apostolic. And he said, they having fasted and prayed, lay hands on them and they sent them. Now notice there's two sendings. God says, set them aside for the work I've called them. I called them, I prepared them, now they're ready. I want to send them. So God sends them. They went out sent by the Holy Ghost. How'd they go out sent by the Holy Ghost? Look at this. Look at this. Watch this. People laid hands on them and sent them. How do you know a person sent by the Holy Ghost? Someone laid hands on them and sent them. And, and, and you know then when you go back to those people, they say they were prepared. We know that person is this. But when people say, God sent me, I just, yeah, right. 
You know, how do we know God sent you? Is he endorsing you? Is there something happening around? Where'd you come from? Who do you know anyway? Who could we talk to? What character endorsement? What do we know about your life? You learn that after a while. And lots of people went, but they were never sent. Okay, so they were sent for, notice they were sent by the Holy Ghost and it was closely connected to the church sending them. I want to just finish with this. We are now on a stage. How many have picked up now that we're right in a stage of change? How many can feel the, <laughs> something's happening? Something's going on. How many thought, what's going on? Something's going on. Oh, I think something's going on. I'm sure it is. I don't know what it all is yet, but I've got a good idea and we're going down that path that I do know because I feel some things you don't know, some things you do know. The things you do know, walk in them. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Here's, what, here's what's happening. We're in the process now of a number of changes. We're just starting to make some changes and I want to share with you two of the changes. There'll be other changes come. Here's the first one. Uh, a little while ago, God spoke to me about uh, two things. He spoke to me about uh, making sure the gate of the supernatural was open. There was a battle for the gate. Two, guard the DNA of the house. There's a struggle for the DNA. Three, guard the legacy for the next generation. Three things. See? So, okay, so this is what he said. So this is what we're doing. Is, is the things that I felt the Lord speak to me directly about. One, I made a change in the area of youth ministry. And I felt God speak to me about it. This is the time. Make a change, a strategic change right now. I've asked Pastor Ali uh, and Steve to take over responsibility for the youth ministry at this point. And I asked Pastor David to let that go, to, to move out of that role. I want to have Steve and Ali on it for this season now. Uh, Anna stays in her role as a youth worker. But we're just resetting it up, restructuring, rebuilding it for its next season. That means Dave's role will change and the roles of others will change. Now, the next big change is this. God spoke to me a little while ago concerning Doug and Kalinda. This is it in a nutshell. In the end of February, we are going to be sending them up to China. We're going to send them up to China. And that's great news. I hear that. So some it's great. Yay! Others, what just happened? Did I just hear that? Let me just give you the explanation. 20 years ago, nearly 20 years ago, Doug and Kalinda came to me and they shared their heart for China. And they, then they submitted their plans. And so I, and they were asking to get some training. I said, go to City Harvest. They went to City Harvest. They came back here. They said, what do we do now? I said, just get a job and just serve. They got a job and they served. They began to serve and grow a cell group. Then they grew from the cell group. They grew up into pastoral ministry. And then they began to involve themselves in various different ways. And over a season, there's been a preparation in a whole number of ways for the next thing God has for them. Uh, during the course of that 20 years, God has been connecting me to Chinese people everywhere I go. It's Chinese, Chinese. Is there anyone else but Chinese? All Chinese everywhere, just about I go. And, uh, but God's given me a doorway through TV into the China now. And, uh, but I've been looking to get a doorway in so we have a man in there because we haven't done any planting for years since Jim was here. And we planted up in Ukraine and Israel. And uh, so anyway, I just laid the plan down, say, Lord, just, it'll work out in the right time. But what we have done is we have a Bill and Glenda going up and down with Bibles, so we've got our foot in China. Then we've had Graham and uh, Jess go up and put an orphanage up there, and so we had a foot in China. Then I've got my family, would you believe it? Do you believe this? I've got, I got two children, grandchildren, born in China. I mean, it, you can't get a bit, there's a link to China, all right. And, uh, so, 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 so the, and then we sent Doug up, and then what happened was, a supernatural opening came for him to get connected into the underground church. Now, I've been asking my contacts for years to let us in. They will not because a white person can sabotage the work just by being there. And so they wouldn't really open up their connections. But now God gave a supernatural connection. Doug has been up there. He's been to the underground church and they sneak in. It's a sort of an underground kind of work. You know, you get in out of sight and you go there and you lie low and you minister and the power of God has been coming. 
tremendous power of God being flowing to touch people tremendously. So what's happened is thousands and thousands of people have been touched already because Doug and I began into the leaders. And so what, uh, when a little while ago they took their family up there and I thought once I saw their family up there and they're happy they were and the kids didn't want to come home. Oh, this could be looking good. And uh, anyway, what God has just spoken to me recently and he spoke very clearly to me. He gave me a vision and uh, I was just praying and the Lord just dropped it into my heart. Uh, and, and there it was. I saw a tree with the roots being dug around and the, and the gardener was about to transplant the tree. And he said, I've, been, I've developed the fruit, now I'm about to do a transplant. And he showed me a whole lot of other things about how this would work out and the thousands of people to be touched in China. And uh, so, of course, I had you know, mixed feelings about it from great joy to also the, the actual realities of a change and what that means to you. You have mixed emotions in it. And, uh, but then, not only that, so I shared that with Doug and Kalinda and they were so excited. They, want, they laid their plan down dependent on me getting something from God. And then not only that, uh, there's another sister in the church and she shared on a note the same vision. Exactly the same vision. Not even knowing it, shared the same vision. Someone else came in and they said, look, I don't want to really kind of get you guys or put so anything in. They said, I saw a vision of a big, big, big building. It obviously wasn't in this nation. I've never seen anything like it. And I saw you in a high up in that building and you were in the room there and you were opening boxes like you were shifted in there. And, uh, and of course, when Doug's last trip over there, he was looking for a place to go, and he found up there a place that's in the high tower, and, the, and that's the place they're looking at going to. And so they will share the vision of this and what we want to do there in, in, the, in the days ahead. So the plan is, at the end of February, we'll be launching Doug and Kalinda to go to China as a sent missionary, as a sent couple, uh, going to pioneer some training centers in China to the underground church. And it's just going to be tremendous. The Lord's showing me there'll be thousands of people will be touched by it. And so as you look then at what God spoke prophetically over three years, then look at the pattern of the Antioch church. We are emerging to be an Antioch church. We set the apostle in, we set in prophets, and now go. The Holy Ghost said, <coughs> send them. Separate them to the work." I have called them to do. Separate them to me. So they understand that we're letting Doug and Kalinda go back to the Lord so he can position them where he wants them to be for the work he's called them to do. So it's a great thing. Now here's what you can do. Pray. I want you to really pray for them during this season. Pray God will work this all out. We'll make more information clear as, as we work on the plan. Two, pray for us because there's a lot of changes that are taking place in the church right now. It's not always easy to walk our way through it. You don't while God speaks clear about some things, he doesn't about others. Sometimes you can run ahead of God or do it not God's way. So we're working through a whole number of changes that will take place. And then I want us to really pray that as it comes to that time, there'll be tremendous grace come on their lives. Now, when we send them out, the church will support them financially from our missions uh, money. But we're going to give an invitation to every person here who knows them and loves them and wants to be connected to what we are doing in China to sow into their ministry and support them as a, a, a couple, a family going out from our Bay City uh, to be our agents in China. It'll be a tremendous new thing for us all. And what happens in these situations is they move there, others rise up and emerge and everything shifts around. And a short time later, uh, everything has changed and it's grown to a different level. I've seen that many times. So it's very, very exciting, a little unexpected. But God did speak so clearly. And as I've looked into the scriptures and seen how God does it, I realize 
I'm happy. If God says it, I'm happy to do it. And when he says do it now, we're doing it now. So we got this sorted out only probably a few weeks ago, not even very long ago, I suppose, maybe a month ago. And we're acting now. Now means you just start to do it. So we don't have to figure all the plans out. We just need to say, yes, Holy Ghost, we'll separate them for the work you have called them to, and we'll be behind it. And they'll come back and tell us the great things. They'll connect with us over the great things. But there will be a whole issue around communication because what they do has got risk in it. One mistake, and they're out or in jail. It's kind of like, it's not like just going down the road and doing an outreach in Plaxmer at the prison. This one, you may get to stay there. <laughs> so there are these aspects of it which require a strong intercessory base and great wisdom as they operate. So they go there as a family, live there, learn the language, adapt to the culture, and God will give them doors to touch thousands upon thousands of people. This is fantastic. This is what apostolic means. Someone gets ready and then God launches them on the assignment he has. Others step up and say, it's my turn to be trained. It's my turn to get some input. I believe God's calling me to this. How can I get developed? How can I grow so I can fulfill the call of God? Is total change taking place in Bay City. It's exciting. The changes from pastoral to apostolic, and it's good and God's in it. So it'll get messy on the way, I guess, and there'll be stuff. And if you hear things and you wonder what is happening, don't worry. Just ask or go up and talk or just the best thing you can do is just pray. Thank God it's all going to work out. When it all settles, you'll have missions out in the field and everything's changed. And we're up at a different level next year. Isn't it fantastic? What a great God. Why don't we stand and give Jesus a great clap? Lord, we just honour you today. Thank you today. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We bless you that you raise up people, you call people, you prepare people, and you send people. We thank you that, uh, Lord, that this is a great opportunity for us. And Lord, we just call a release of many other gifted people forth into the things they have. We pray, Lord, that not just that Doug and Kalinda will rise up, but Lord, that many others will step up and you'll help us to be great disciples and shapers of people. Lord, we give you the glory today. In Jesus' name, everyone said... Amen. God bless you. Give someone a hug.